Look, when I first started, I always thought it was like super sexy to raise money, right? Everyone thinks that raising capital is big, exciting thing. And it is super big and it is super exciting, but it is a lot of work. A lot of people think oh, I'm being annoying trying to talk to these people. I'm like, don't be, because that's how deal flow happens and origination happens, right? Welcome to Startups and Unicorns with Belinda Agnew, your home to learn all things funding, scaling, talent, branding, and the billion-dollar dream. Finding out how to be a unicorn in a field of horses. Hear from industry founders and discover how to stand out to those who matter most to your business. With your host, tech startup fanatic, Belinda Agnew. Hey guys, welcome to another fire episode here with your host, B Startup and Unicorns. Among all the other changes we've experienced in the past year, one of the most significant has happened at a cash register. COVID has accelerated the shift by consumers to cashless payments. And with that, we've seen the fintech sector emerge as a darling of the VC and capital market worlds. Our next guest is the mind behind FinPay and a really good friend, this legend, co-founder and CEO currently at FinPay, the only technology company globally aggregating payments into a single merchant-focused application. The company's unified platform has allowed merchants to accept multiple payment types on any mobile device. Ian started his first tech company in 2017 after years in finance, asset management, and payment infrastructure, among others. Starting with humble beginnings, his first raise at $250,000 to now raising 10 million rounds and above. Incredible. Welcome to the show, you absolute legend, Ian Park. Hey, Belinda. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. We actually had a, a quick chat prior to, and we had so many difficulties trying to get this podcast <laughs> working. <laughs> Even though I'm in tech, I really don't know what I'm doing, but it's quite funny. <laughs> yeah. So um, I just want to jump straight into it because I think there's so much going on in the digital world, in fintech. Um, I guess with you guys anyway, there's so much that we can talk about, but what have you guys been up to in the past year? And I guess, yeah, what's going on with FinPay so far? Yeah, so I guess, look, from our, our kind of origin story and our humble beginnings out of Brisbane, um, you know, we've we really, I guess, put our put our foot down on the gas pedal to, to really rapidly grow um, uh, globally, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I guess the, the technology that we provide, you know, is, is based around SME business clients, um, you know, simple cost-effective payments, um, with, with unification for commerce across card, QR, BMPL, and crypto. And really, I guess, as we um, broadened our, our horizons to, to you know, Asia-Pac and, and the Middle East, um, now Europe and LATAM um, and, and the US probably coming on maybe middle of next year, um, you know, it's aggregation of payments has never been offered globally before at this scale, which is really exciting for us. Um, and, you know, our value, our value proposition is really built um, – on the delivery of simplicity for our customers. So, you know, FinPay's platform replaces this kind of clunky, expensive, and, and let's be honest, tardy <laughs> POS terminal market through, you know, through a single seamless integration. Um, but, you know, now I guess we've got, you know, market access, um, as I said, Asia Pacific, India, the Middle East, Africa, Europe, um, the United okay. Kingdom, and, and, you know, North America, and particularly LATAM and so Latin America coming on 
very, very quickly with, with our directors and businesses and, and offices being set up there. Um, I guess as of August, we've got locations across, you know, Brisbane, Manila, Abu Dhabi, Stockholm, London, um, and, you know, cer- certainly parts of, of uh, you know, Pakistan and, and really exciting places, right, to say the least. Not places that, you know, fintechs generally go to, but yeah. particularly being based out of Brisbane, yeah. And you're, you're a Brizzy guy. He's from Brisbane. Yeah, guys, well, I'm actually, I'm, Amazing. Yeah, I'm actually from North Queensland, right? So born and raised in Mackay, and, and for people that don't know, it's a, a little coastal town um, off the Great Barrier Reef, um, mainly based around resources, so, you know, the Bowen Basin and the mining sector. Um, started my career there, like every person from Mackay does, um, but really took an interest, I suppose, in technology as I, I started to, you know, really dig into it as, a, as an interest of mine, right? Um, yeah. And yeah, so, so then moved to Brizzy about eight years ago. Um, and then, yeah, the rest is history as they say, right? I love Brisbane. Um, you know, my, my fiance and, and my soon to be born little boy and my stepdaughter are all here. It's, yeah. So little, uh, little, the little fella is going to join us in about eight days, believe it or not. So wait, so boy, uh, right. I'm assuming a little boy. Yeah. A little boy. You got to have Can an answer to the throne, right? Oh, uh, we're kind of not yet. Not okay, yet. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll put it out. We'll put it She'll out soon. But <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, and I don't want to do that. So, um, but yeah, so we, um, look, running, running and working with my, my dear partner, Kira and, you know, setting up a household and a baby's room and all that type of stuff. And I've been loving that journey as well at the same time. Um, Sleep is going to be limited, but let's be honest, like high growth ventures, you, you don't sleep as it is anyway, particularly operating across, you know, six different markets simultaneously. Sure. Um, but no, I'm really excited. I'm really excited to have the family so, grow. Wait, so quickly, does um, Kira, your, your fiance, does she work with you guys with FinPay? Yeah, she's also a head of people and culture. Wow. Interesting. This is, I, I need yeah. to ask some questions about that. What's it like to work with your, your partner? Um, 100%. Just, just quickly. Um, so Brizzy boy, you always had a love for technology. This, did you know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Like, were you like, yes, I'm going to create something amazing. I'm going to, you know, mm. innovate the shit out of FinTech and I'm going to dominate. Did you, did you have these feelings like at a young age? Not fintech, um, obviously. Not fintech per se. No, 100%. So I, I started my, my kind of, and look, I guess winding it back a little bit further, um, my, my entrepreneurial spirit really comes from my family, right? Like my mum and, and my, my, you know, my grandfather's, you know, um, my great-grandfather started Brisbane Cash and Carry, which was the first supermarket ever in Australia. So that was like... Oh, wow. So traditionally, you used to walk into a counter and ask for your goods and they'd put it in a bag and leave. He engineered and basically built this kind of idea and this framework about people servicing themselves, right? So walking around with a trolley or a basket and grabbing your things off the shelf. And that was Brisbane Cash and Carry. So my grandfather, my great grandfather founded that, that kind of business and it grew um, really, really well. Um, and then my grandfather, you know, he started, we grew up on the land. So we come from the country. So, you know, west of Rocky, about 300 Ks. Um, he started the Cattlemen's Union, which was like a, a group of cattle farmers that were banded together to, to protect their import, um, import and export status um, against foreign countries. So super, like, it almost sounds geopolitical, but it was very kind of entrepreneurial at that time in the early 80s to start yeah. an organisation that was there to protect people, right? Um, and, you know, my mum my started glazing businesses and then had various kind of construction companies and all this type of stuff throughout her career before she landed in politics. Um, but all this way, she's always told me, you know, 
um, before my great grandfathers and grandfathers um, departed, um, you know, it was always like, if you have a dream and you really want to follow it, do it, you know, we'll support you. We'll, we'll give you our guidance because we've been there. We've done it. Um, you know, but make sure it's calculated risk. And that's something that's always been instilled into me is you don't, you can't know everything in any business, right? That, that's also pretty important, but certainly understanding a calculated risk that you're willing to take as a founder or an entrepreneur um, yeah. is, is, is certainly valued. If you're worried about taking time away from your other things in your life, um, you know, then you need to assess this and really give them a risk score. And I know that sounds really analytical, but it's incredibly important. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. But I and think, like, yeah, go no, 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 sorry, please go. No, no, no. I, I was just saying like, when you say calculated risks, like, do they always have to be calculated? Like to the point where if, if it feels right, but you know, in your mind that it may or may not work, like it's a really high risk. Yeah. Would you still take it? 100%. Look, every, every company like I... based on feeling or mind? I'm a mixture of both. So I'm, okay. I'm, I, I'm, I, I do a very... And look, FinPay as a brand and as a company and as a product, um, you know, came out of an, an interesting use case, right? And I'm not to say that we're, we're not the only kind of, you know, um, I guess our business is structured in four different facets, right? So we work with card schemes, we work with QR, we work with BMPL, we work with crypto. So if you look at a direct kind of competitor analysis, yeah, we've got competitors in each vertical, but we don't compete with them. We connect and extend them across our entire ecosystem. So while you see um, Zip and Afterpay going head to head, um, we kind of go, well, who do we want to work with in our space to push that out across our merchant network? So we kind of like are very strategic in the way that we approach partners, merchants, fintechs, institutions, financial acquirers, you know, all this stuff that makes up the complexity of our business. And like, if you look underneath the hood, it's simplicity at the top, but if you look underneath the hood, it's powered by some amazing technology that we, that we kind of, you know, is proprietary and patented because it's just, yeah, it's, it's the way that we work. I think like for, for that as well, like going back to, you know, you being a Brizzy boy and, and you growing up and having that kind of instilled in you from your parents. Um, when you started FinPay, like how did you know how to raise money or how did you know who to reach out to? Like I see you need a CTO, you need to build a tech stack, you need an MVP, like all these words, nobody really knows what they mean. Like most people, right. Unless you're um, obviously in technology. Yeah. But, how did you learn all of this? Like, did you read about it or did you have a mentor? Like how did that come about for you? Yeah. So I had, I had a mixture of both, right. Um, I had some, some guys as mentors and, and family kind of friends that were very successful, very, very wealthy guys. They really engineered and, 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 and more on a physical product side, right? Like they ran like shipping container companies or like stuff like this. So they really built right. these markets right out. Um, and a mixture of that was going, uh, you know, understanding the business mechanics of a company and understanding, you know, at what stages of, are you, you know, seeking help and guidance and look, you will outgrow mentors. That is a fact of life. As your business yeah. grows, you know, there's someone there to help you set up and do the, the core things like, you know, how to, how to read a PL and do a balance sheet and all this type of stuff that you may not know. Some people do, if they've got an accounting background, they may not. Um, once you've, once you've used that mentor, don't, don't ever think that they're going to take offense to you moving up the ranks. If anything, they're going to, they yeah. should be proud of you and they should be like, good work. Like, I'm glad that I can set you on this journey. Um, 
but about me, like, yeah, I had these mentors throughout it. And I, and I guess I've, I'm now starting to, I'm going to reach that inflection point where I'm having people approach me and I'm like, dude, I don't think I'm skilled in this space at all. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm kind of like, holy shit, don't, what are you, what are you coming to me for? But, um, I can certainly provide them guidance on the steps that I've made or the things that I've done to yeah. get to where I am and, and the level that the company is at. Um, but also books, right? Like books, lots and lots of books. Um, you know, there's some really great ones. Um, you know, uh, like I read a very mixed, like not all about business. Like there's a really interesting book that I've just read, which is called, um, the secret club that runs the world. And it's based around seven commodity traders that basically run the entire world. So when we go and get our coffee in the morning, these seven bankers dictate the price of the coffee beans that, that, that goes through this whole ecosystem, right? It's just fascinating stuff to understand how this stuff works at scale. Like, yeah, yeah, there's so many moving pieces. I need to read that. I'm an audio book more than a reader. I don't, I can't, I just, I feel like I have ADHD. I can't sit still and actually sit mm. there and physically read a book. I need to listen and walk or do something in between of listening to something. Um, that's really interesting. So where do you see, like when you went into FinPay and I guess learnt from these mentors to build the foundation so you to move on to a next mentor, um, I guess, moving into FinPay in FinTech, it's it's a big juggernaut self. Mm. Where do you see the culture? Like as people, where do you see them moving? Because when we go and pay for a coffee now, I mean, I can tell you, I don't even know the last time I used even a card, let mm. alone cash. I mean, I'm using like my Apple mm. Pay everywhere. So... I mean, literally, now that I'm thinking about it, I actually don't even know when I used my card last time. So mm. where do you see the future, I guess, of um, as us as individuals, as a culture, where is it going in digital payments? I think, look, I think the, digi- yeah, the digitization of payments, right, is, is an incredibly fascinating space. Um, and, you know, you, you read a lot of kind of journals or, or articles around saying, you know, the, the, the amount of money that fintechs are raising globally, right? Like I think last year it was like 53 billion, um, yeah. which is absolutely nothing short of phenomenal. But now I think, I think we're going to surpass that two times over this year, um, to, to be honest. But, um, but I think we're barely scratching the surface, right? Like I think interconnectivity between nations is, is where it's going to go. And, and, you know, you see what we call new, the new payments platform in Australia or pay ID um, to everyone. And now you're starting to see this uh, company sit on top of this infrastructure and develop, you know, real-time business payments. Um, you know, and we're working with a, with a couple of companies about, um, you know, the, the mandated payment scheme, which means um, direct debits can be pulled in real time all via QR in store. So you're not having this reliance on, on the card schemes anymore to start to move money around the ecosystem. But further to that, you got to remember we're, we're very privileged in Australia from our, from our, from our technology, you know, that we have available in the payments world. Like we are probably one of the, the leaders in that space. Um, oh, really? Both from a, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to remember like you, you look at the U S right? Like they've only just really started to enable tap, tap and go there really. Like it's really starting to broaden now. Um, and it's always been bound by a signature, right? You always used to have to sign for your credit card. No, there was no pin associated to it. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's exciting. So um, we really see, I guess, the mobilization of of payments in emerging markets, which is why we're so expansive in our growth opportunity. Um, you know, as we when we were speaking earlier, like we're about to set up an office in Nigeria, um, and a lot of people are like, "Why Nigeria?" And I'm like, 220 million people, 
Um, over three trillion in payments transacted every year. Um, very early on in their adoption of a digitization piece, so now the banks are starting to explore it. Um, you've got the likes of kind of Opay and those guys there. They're a two point two billion dollar value business. Um, but again, there's further digitization to happen. So with FinPay, we can turn around to someone like an Opay and go, well, as penetration of digital cards starts to happen, don't you want to also capture some of that market segment and understand that market at a broader level? And they're like, you know, that makes sense. And it's really about yeah. tech enablement. So we're kind of this underlying infrastructure support network of, of global payments and connect connectivity um, that allows other fintechs co- to connect with other fintechs, that allows other institutions to connect with fintechs um, all via a, a simple app that you get on your device that, you know, a merchant has zero barrier to entry mm. to get involved with. Um, amazing. You know, and I think future state of where we'll be, you know, we want to be a, a critical piece of switching the infrastructure for payments globally. And I think we're, we're, we're sprinting towards that milestone even faster than what I envisaged three years ago when I founded the company, right? Um, so, yeah, it's, it's an exciting ride to say the least um, and, and, you know, exploring some, some pretty cool stuff as a, as a market and as a fintech, but also as, just as a tech company, right? I think... You know, we're very tech first, payment second, um, which is good, which is what we want to be, um, which is what we'll always yeah. be. So I, I guess with um, FinPay, so you founded FinPay three years ago. Yep. Congratulations, by the way. Like how, far, <laughs> how far you've come in three years. Like, that's bloody insane. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, look, a lot of people may think, oh, that was an overnight success, but people don't know you've actually trialed or tried to start other businesses and failed. I remember we were having this conversation, you know, years ago when we first met. Mm. And, you know, you, your third or fourth business idea usually, you know, comes to fruition or usually a lot of founders that, that do really well start an idea around 30 odd, mm. right? Yeah. Um, so can you talk about that? Like what ideas were they prior to FinPay? Oh, like, oh my God. Oh, yeah, they were terrible right now. <laughs> can you tell us? I actually yeah, really of want course. to know this. Look, Wait, um, how I, old are you, Ian, if you don't want me asking? 33, 33, 34. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yep. see, around 30, things happen, <laughs> come to life. <laughs> you know why? Uh, and just to touch on that quickly, but I'm keen to tell you about my businesses because, God, they're funny. Um, I so, you know, know this. <laughs> like we, um, and there's super funny stories attached to it. And I know that you've had like the guys from like um, Beck and Bridget and then the booby tape guys on here. So I've like, yeah. I started the, I tried an econ piece and I got shot out of the air clean, clear as day. Like it was just a debacle. But anyway. And, you know, anyway, but um, I guess, yeah, looking at, I suppose, um, my age and, and you're right, 30, is, 30 seems to be this age that people really get it. And I don't know whether that's a mixture of, of your, your growth as a human and your kind of stage of your life. Um, you know, you, you're not chasing the party life and that life anymore. You generally have sound knowledge around what a career looks like. You know the aspirations and the goals that you want to get to to have a good life and, and choose your path. Um, which is why I think you see a lot of young guys, they either, they either don't, don't get the idea off the ground because they've got sometimes delusions of grandeur to, to be perfectly frank. Um, and not saying you don't want to shoot, shoot for the moon, but you know, you see a lot of guys that go, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a billion dollar company in a year. And I was like, cool. If you've right. ever seen any, if you've ever seen a prospectus for those companies, it takes them 10 to 12 years to get there. Um, Literally. but 
literally like, and that's a good run, right? Not saying that you, you don't have that as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think it's a mixture, I suppose, of your environment, your yourself as a, as an emotional being and your, your kind of growth as a human being growing up and, and really understanding the way that the world works. Um, that, that all adds to the mix. Um, but my, God, some of my companies, um, I started a medical tourism company when I was 19 um, and that was based, I look, at, the, at a high level, cool, cool business. And it was like, if you wanted to get your teeth done overseas, you'd come to us, we'd book everything for you. We'd arrange all your travel, your transport, your surgery, your, your return, your aftercare, all that stuff. Um, and yeah, it just never got anywhere, right? People, there was a, so a wait, big what dis- was the concept though? Is it ser- like, was, was it service? Was it B2C? Yeah, B2C. And that was a number thing. I never understood consumers uh, at all. Like I struggled with consumer sentiment really badly i was like oh, i never got too. i don't get it then, yeah. look and you know what looking at a payment space now consumers are the most fickle on the face of the planet because they know what they want and anybody that's going to give it to them they'll jump on board and the moment that stops or, or something better comes along they jump they jump and they jump yes. and they jump and they jump which is really difficult from a consumer consumer facing brand because you need to be you need to be ahead of them one step every single time with what you're doing or, or bringing exciting stuff to market. And, and it can be a laborious task to, to get there. Whereas I think B2B, it's really about the service model to, to maintain the relationship. Product will inevitably get better and better and better. And they like that. Yes. And it's really about, you know, if I've got a problem with something, who do I talk to? Who's my point of reference? How do I, how do I navigate this? And we, we've kind of built that into our, our kind of whole company as a whole. Like, you know, we're, we have really open lines of communication with, with not only our customers, but within the business and the units globally. Um, but yeah, so, so medical tourism. Um, and then I, I had a foray. By the way. No, I'm not telling you the name was hideous. It was so bad. It was basically, it was basically my initials with some garbage at the end of it that I was just like, and now, you know what? And now since, and we've got a really great, um, our, our chief of staff, Melissa, um, she comes from a PR and comms and a messaging background. Yeah, I've never told her this, but I've never, I've never told her about my history in, in these companies. But now I understand the value of brand, right? Like before I was like, yeah, I'll just get a logo or Fiverr. It'll be great. And now I'm like, don't do that. Right. It's just, yeah. <laughs> We've all been there, done that. <laughs> We've all got our $30 logo from Fiverr to slap on LinkedIn Literally. to at least get something out there. And then you bring someone in who's really skilled and you're skilled in Splendor as well. So you bring someone in who understands brand and you're like, Okay. There's so much, there's so much there's logic so much. behind all of this. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but I had a foray into labor hire and recruitment in the mining industry. Um, oh, wow. And that shot me clean out of the air because at the time I launched the business um, and I launched it with a couple of my family members, that was a, probably my second mistake. But the first mistake was not understanding the market, right? I didn't look, believe it or not, this, is, this all goes into research, right? I didn't look at the coal price in in the world at that time and the coal price is on the coal price was on a decline which means that companies aren't spending money on recruiters or or labor hire because they can't afford you know contracting rates so i was like yeah cool two weeks into this and bang coal dip coal dipped below 50 dollars a ton which is you know it was at 150 a ton so you're making three times anyway yeah yeah most most businesses weren't even covering their costs let alone looking for someone to to take you know a labor force from so i was like wound that up in literally three weeks and I was like, Oh my God, 
Yes. Like, what is happening? But by the way, that's good. Three weeks at least she knew. Imagine three years you're into it. You're still trying and trying and trying. A lot of businesses get caught up in that. So thank God yeah. you knew in three weeks, right? <laughs> so I don't think I'd order, I don't think I'd even ordered business cards by that time. So I was like, well and truly out in front. And I was like, great, cool, you know, sweet. We'll we'll park that one and put yeah. it on the shelf. Um, and then you know, there, there's been a couple of forays into you know, like. Look, you got to remember, even the early forays of FinPay, right? Like some of them, some of the some of the products we put into market was just not not perceived well. So we were like, but that's why an MVP basis is really good because you're like functional testing, functional testing, functional testing. Like we're still we're still ideating product today. Like we we will yeah. never stop. You um, have to. You have to be. You have to. Money. Yeah, you have exactly. to innovate constantly, always. That's the problem with most businesses; they don't innovate enough. They're just like it's working. Yeah. Why do I need to change it, right? <laughs> well, they want to go sell, 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 right? Because they need yeah. to make, they need to, they need to start, start to get a return on the money and the time that they've spent developing that product. But, but there is a very fine balance between losing touch with what the market wants and, mm-hmm. and having a great product. So you need to just find this line. We, we've spoken about FinPay a lot, like in terms of what you guys do a little bit, but we haven't touched on what is FinPay? Like what is the pitch to consumers or businesses, what do you guys do? Yeah, so we, I guess in our, and I'm going to get super kind of, you know, we we run a soft pause kind of payment company, right? So we built technology um, that allows merchants to tap a digital or physical card onto a mobile phone and take a card payment. So we own okay. that. We own, we own that. Like that's our patent globally. So we own that. Um, so, you know, it's uh, it's really exciting. But I guess... As we've worked and built out the product suite, right? So we built the the soft pause um, or, or the M pause, so mobile point of sale, um, and that's available, you know, across, uh, you know, with our partners across Android and iOS. Um, we've got a gateway, so we do an online payment gateway that allows over sixty payment types um, to to flood in. So a really strong aggregation. Um, we also do digital card issuance, so so we're a um, a principal member with both schemes to to provide digital card programs. So, you know, your Apple Pay and Google Pay, we, we kind of run that yeah. infrastructure as well. Um, we've got rewards and loyalty. So we, we want a full kind of like white label rewards and loyalty platform, you know, allowing for like digital coupons at point of sale. So, you know, when you go two for one coffees, so we built switching yes. technology to say, when you tap your Apple Pay, it'll register that Belinda's got this digital coupon in her device and we'll discount the rate right there at the point of sale. So the merchant doesn't Amazing. even have to touch anything. Like really cool. Um, and then I guess finally, we, we've kind of got, you know, the big behemoth that sits right at the back of this is the data and analytics, right? Um, I guess, you know, smaller businesses don't understand that payments is kind of the pivotal point to understand how their business is doing from a health check perspective. Like you can kind of look at it and go, oh yeah, we've got customers in store, but what sort of average spend are they doing? Are you really under, under assessing, you know, um, the products that they're buying, how long they're in the store, at what times, you know, the strategic stuff that I don't know a lot of them really understand. Um, you know, just because you've got some person coming in and buying one item every time, you want to have multiple channels of multiple people buying across different rails to really understand, you know, a pretty intrinsic look. So, um, the, you know, the, the future state of FinPay at, at critical mass globally will be a, a data and analytics company for, for payment processing. So, Got you know, it. That's, that's it. Because we're plugged into so many payment companies or so many PSPs or acquirers, you know, we're pulling, we're pulling data sets 
in well into the 10,000s across, you know, 80 integrations. Um, and when that integration is fully fleshed at probably about 160 integrations coming in, um, you know, you're going to see data like never, never, ever before and across, across the globe. Really amazing. You're but just listening to you, like you're so switched on. Like you just know the stuff, you know, you just like go like your pitches. I remember I watched a pitch one time. Um, I can't remember what it was. It was like a, what was it? I think it was like a pitch night. You jumped on and I, I was watching your pitch and I messaged you and I was like, wow, that was like really good. <laughs> you just, know, uh, right. You just know how to talk or what to say. Do you think that that, I guess you as an individual and the talent that you have, do you think that played a big part in winning investors and winning strategic partnerships and corporate partnerships? Like, was it you solely doing most of that? Yeah, look, certainly to, and uh, look, my, my COO, James, you know, he was an advisor to us very, very early on. And now he's coming to the business full time, which is really exciting. Um, but, you know, he, he kind of said to me once, he goes, I was like, oh, do you want to like come up and pitch with me once? And he's like, dude, you got this. You don't need, you don't need someone yeah. else up there with you. If he goes, if anything, it's, it's kind of you know, supplementary. And I was like, okay. Um, I think what investors like to look for, right? They like to look for passion. They really yes. want passion in your business. They want to know that when the tough, you know, when it starts raining down hellfire on you, that you're really going to stand up and, and try to navigate out of that. Um, and that's why, as well as knowledge in your sector, right? Like, and you got to remember, investors aren't clued into what you're talking about. They're looking for you to be the knowledge expert. They're not expecting, you know, a bunch of jargon to be thrown at them and them to understand it. Like, I could sit there and talk about SPOC and CPOC regulatory under the PCI, and most people just go, and they glaze over. <laughs> and you're kind of like, cool, I've just lost you. And now, and now you're trying to really bring them up to speed. But it's layman's terms. It's passion. It's development of your team. You know, product, product and tech is great. You can build that. And, and really do that. But, but having a great team around you and a great passion for your business is really critical to any investor, any investor, because they want to know that you're going to have the drive to get it where it needs to go. 100%. It's always the person. Yeah. As far 100%. as I know from investors, they always invest, they invest in, in you. Not that. Yeah. They're product. investing in you. Yeah. They're investing in you yeah. because you're the one, you're the founder of that product. They, they, they're going, cool. Well, I know that Ian or Belinda has the drive to get it where it needs to go. Yeah. Correct. So when you started FinPay, um, I guess going back to the whole MVP and all those, you know, um, words that probably people don't know, you know, if you're in technology would know, um, where did you start? So, okay. So you had the idea at a coffee shop. I remember yep. conversation. So yep. you, you were behind someone that, that kind of came to fruition. You're like, yeah, this is the idea. What did you do after that? Did you get a whiteboard? Did you map it out? Yeah. So I, I started, I did research, right? Like I really started to understand that kind of mobile payment market and where it was going and, and you know, market okay. research, lots of it. I read countless white papers and stuff from PCI, which is so how long kind do you of, think? Two months. Two months. Eight weeks. Okay. Eight weeks. I did some eight serious weeks. digging. I did Love serious it. digging. And then, like, so in eight weeks, what did you do after that? You're like, yep, got my market research. What? Did, who did you contact? Where I mapped. You- yeah. So first, I kind of mapped what I wanted it to look like and how I would understand the ecosystem. Um, and then I reached out to a mate of mine who is a is an engineer, and I was like, okay. what? Do you, and he's now he's also our CTO now. Um, and I was like, what? What do you think about this? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, like let me let me do some let me do some technical research on what this looks like. Yeah, yeah, and I guess what he came back to me was is I was like, 
do we take payments on mobile devices? And he's like, yep. He goes, the OEM providers are now in this space. So what a lot of people don't know is that your mobile phone is probably more powerful than your laptop, like, or your desktop in real real, life. Like you've got more technology and functionality in a mobile device. Like you can take photos, you can edit, you can stream, you've got everything in there um, in a secure little device that, you know, can do all of it. So we really got to understand, I suppose, you know, NFC, so near field communication functionality within mobile phones. So we started on Android where we're kind of, you know, really breaking down a lot of the functionality and the requirement. So just to quickly take a step back. So when you contacted this engineer, your friend, um, did you, did you say, Hey, um, I want you to build it out or did he get a tech team to build it out? Did you bootstrap it? Did you get a pre-seed? Like how that it. Uh, we, we did a sweat equity piece to start for him and he started to, to put together the framework and the strategy about how we'd execute a development plan. Um, and wow. then we, we went and raised a, a small round of money, but we had a lot of stuff in here, right? Like we had our business plan. We had our architectural drawings. We had UI and UX about, and look, if you look back on it now, it looks hideous, but it still was a, was an idea and an ideation and a concept. Um, right. And we went, okay, how do we do this? So we went, okay, this is the markets. These are the opportunities. This is the process. This is all the stuff that's out there yeah. that's readily available, right? Like cause the RBA, monitor, the Reserve Bank of Australia monitor. Anyway, put it all together and we were like, okay, let's raise a small seed round. And we were like, uh. Was we gave, two? Yeah, just us time? two. Yep. Okay, cool. So we raised, we raised 350K as our pre-seed. Yeah. Um, which doesn't get you far, we found out. <laughs> um, but but it did it did get us far in the end because we we started to really um I guess ideate the the, the product and, and really work on it. So um, raised a small seed round, then we hired some engineers and we were running. We were like, great, this is awesome. We're gonna have a product. And then we started to really understand, I suppose, nuances around technology and, and our, look, it's not my first tech company, but but very much in a different space. Um, and then we started to so we had the engineering sorted, but then we like yeah. We need to bring in someone from product side because we need to understand what this you know, functional product is going to be like in the market. So we hired a product guy. So we brought a product guy in um, and then we bought, you know, we bought a UI, UI, UX design guy in. Like yeah. we just started to bring people in that where we were going and where we were understanding, we were like, we, we, we can't do this, but we don't yeah. understand this enough. So we'd go, cool, we'd find someone. And these guys... Look, if you look at our, our kind of our team, they, they're all super experienced and run super, you know, some of them have, you know, worked at big banks. Some of them have run billion dollar fintechs. Um, you know, some of them have been, you know, UI UX designers for 10 years. Like they're veterans in the space and they understand customer experience and how it looks yeah. and feels. And we've been really lucky with our talent to say the least. And it's, and it's all come to us. It's not. It's come it's, to the big people. Yeah. Yeah. Because, sure. it, it always because they like the product. Yeah, they like the product and they like the vision. They know they want to be a part of something great. And that's been really, I guess, critical to us as our, as our growth has, has exploded. Yeah. And it's it's interesting to always hear like the story, I guess, the journey on how it started. Because most people have an idea and a concept, which is really good, but they just don't know where to go after that. It's like, what, where do I go? What do I do? And usually the first thing is finding a CTO or an engineer for somebody to build it out or understand what that would look like, um, mm. which is cool. Um, so I guess from all of the experience that you've learnt over the years, or I guess building um, 
thin pay. What would you say to somebody that is a, a has a concept that wants to build a tech stack or some something in technology? Mm. Um, and B, what would you say? So what would you say from the start and what would you say now? Yeah. What would I say from the start? Look, when I first started, I always thought it was like, Super sexy to raise money, right? Everyone thinks that raising capital is a big, exciting thing. And it is super big and it is super exciting, but it is a lot of work. Like, yes. um, you know, it is, it is, you know, and a lot of time, a lot of people think oh, I'm being annoying trying to talk to these people. I'm like, don't be, because that's how deal flow happens and origination happens, right? Don't be shy because you're not going to get, you're not going to get a meeting with someone who's shy. You need to be like, Hey, I really want to meet with you to put this in front of you. Now, you got to remember, this is an incredibly supportive kind of community, right? Like investors aren't going, oh, that's not for us. They'll go, oh, it may not be for us right now, but we may be able to introduce you to someone who will be able to invest at that level. Don't be shy to ask for referrals. Like that was, that was my critical problem when I was raising money. And luckily enough, I had, I had like 15 meetings before I raised and 350K wasn't a lot of money. It was, you know, it was a lot of money to us then, um, but very humble beginnings. Um, and now we're talking about doing, you know, $10 million rounds, which is great and really exciting. Um, but yeah, back then I would just say, you know, just, just don't, don't be shy and don't be afraid to ask questions. You got to remember it's an equal kind of exchange of information, um, that people really need to, to kind of get in touch with. Um, now in our journey and where we are now, um, I would say, don't be, don't, don't try and be a know-it-all because it's not going to work. Like I, I surround myself with the, the brightest minds in this, in their space um, to provide me insight and execution and strategy to make the brand grow and the company grow. Like I'm not, a, I'm not a whiz at PR and comms. I'm not a whiz at brand like, like you, you Melinda or anyone else in our team. Like I'm not smart at that. I'm, I'm, I'm knowledgeable, but I don't know how to execute or build that kind of strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say I can't provide insight as to where the vision is and what, what it aligns with that. That's really it. So it's like a melting pot, right? Um, you know, I, I'm not a good, I don't know how to use Figma. So I'm not a graphic, I'm not a UI UX designer, but I know how a functional product should look because I would be an end user of that product. So you kind of, yeah, I think surround yourself with, with the best that you can. Um, but, but always be cautious of, oh, I suppose people that say they're the best prove, prove it to me is the biggest thing. Um, you know, a lot of guys I've either, noticed in another startup that they've been working really hard and then it may not, you know, it may not eventuate or they may decide to move on. And I'm like, straight on to them. I'm like, what are you doing? Where are you going? What's your goals? Where do you want to be? And a lot of them are always like, I would have been, <laughs> sounds kind of, you know, stupid at the end of the day, but they're like, I want to be in your seat. I want to be the CEO of my own company. I'm like, cool. Well, you know what? Anything I can do to help you get there, anything, yeah. any knowledge I can impart on you throughout that journey, do let's do it. Like, yeah, I openly welcome anyone to come on a day with me, um, you know, to go, here are my, my meetings. This is what I'm doing. You can be attached to my hip. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fast lifestyle, but it's very exciting at the same time. Oh, yeah. I mean, some moments I'm sure that, you know, you get these, you know, crazy moments to yourself. Like, I mean, I do. You're just like, what am I actually doing? Like, why am I actually doing this? You start to question yourself because, you know, it's not always high highs. You know, you do have your low lows and that's what people need to understand also. But Yeah. Um, be, be prepared mentally for those days, right? Like you need to, to and not saying you don't, and this, you need to be in touch with yourself and be like, okay, I can get through this. Um, yes. Because multiple, heaps of days I've turned up and I'm like, oh God, I don't want to do this. 
Like, oh, I'm over it. Me all the time, you know. It's you know, we could go and get a cushy C-suite job and, you know, pull in, you know, some, some good oh, money. and 100%, you know, and don't get me wrong, I think about that often. I'm like, why am I trying so hard? I could just go and be a CMO or something for a couple yeah. of I swear, I swear I've had more job offers in the last 18 yeah, months. Yeah, me too. It's insane. <laughs> you, know, when, when it, you know, and one of them was like, you know, when this wraps up, you can just come and work for us. And I was like, what? No, hold on. No, why? Why? You know, anyway. But yeah, look. But it's, it's good that people realize your talent, right? And recognize that, which is awesome too. Because, yeah. you know, you, you think of that, let's say, three or five years ago. You're like, oh, these great. These people are noticing who I am now, which is really cool. Um, but thanks for being on the show, Ian. You know, I appreciate you jumping on and all of the technical things that we had earlier <laughs> the crazy start of you know starting the show would there be anything that you want to leave um behind to any of the listeners um i guess you know a piece of advice it could be just something that's going on now in your life that you could you know give some advice to um i know we're going through really tough times here in melbourne and i guess in australia in general um yeah i guess what advice would you give to, to people now look i think um I think humans have always been resilient, right? And particularly Australians. We have a, a big stripe of resilience in our back. And I know that a lot of businesses are really hurting uh, at the moment, you know, whether that be, you know, retail, hospitality, those sort of things. Um, and, you know, I, I love that I'm seeing around, you know, the support that we are, we are exhibiting as, as consumers to businesses and businesses to businesses. And I think, I think that, that, that makes, and look, I know this, this isn't really related to my business and such, but it, it's something very important. And I think I'm incredibly proud to be an Aussie at the moment with the support that, that some of the stuff is happening. You know, that's businesses engaging and moving online to keep their livelihood around. Um, and I think the support that's being offered from a consumer perspective is incredibly brilliant. Um, so, you know, as much flack as we cop in, in, the, in the global press about what's happening with our lockdowns, um, I think we can kind of take ownership and go, well, at least we're, at least we're trying to do the best in a bad situation at the moment. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and look, in regards to being an entrepreneur, um, I'm, you know, the world at the moment, there is more, there is more time to, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of money out of the market at the moment to, to be raising capital. You've got, you know, really low interest rates. So, so you're seeing a lot of cash um, into the, into the market from an investing standpoint. Now that doesn't mean that you're going to raise money super quickly. It is still a process, but, but, you know, um, start to reach out internationally, right? You know, get on LinkedIn and start to pepper guys and, and really, you know, get involved with those groups, community, you know, investment groups, whatever, whatever you see, um, because there is, there is money out there. Um, they love Australian technology. They love, you know, the, like I said, the resilience of Australians because we are, we'll fight, we'll fight right to the very end until it's completely done. Right. So yeah, that, that's probably my final points. And yeah, but it's, um, Belinda, it's been such a pleasure to speak to you. And I've been enjoying watching your journey throughout, you know, the, the last 12 months. Um, and I'm excited to see what you've got on the boil because as much as you you follow me, I follow you right back, right? <laughs> yeah, I love it. I've been watching you for so long. I think it's been like years. How long has it been? Like two years? Two, two years, yeah. Years. Yeah, yeah, like two, yeah, two and a bit, yeah. It's been, it's been a journey, um, but I just want to thank you again for coming on the show and, you know, opening up about uh, FinPay and what you guys got going on. Um, where can people reach out to you? 
you've got Instagram, LinkedIn. Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, yeah, by all means, jump jump on either and, and pepper me. Park, uh, right? Yeah, and look, I'll even put my email up. So it's just ian.park, park with an E, at finpay, F-I-N-P-A-Y.co. Um, I'm happy to, to speak to anybody about raising cap, you know, product ideation, you know, um, tech, anything about that. So, you know, even just have a chat about your business and then where you're going. If you're having a hard time, look, open book, open mic, Aww. come and have a chat. This yeah, is it's so t- kind. I've, I've been there and it's shitty. So Yeah, I you know. know, I know. That's it's really kind to do. And also like if any investors are listening, you know, FinPay are open as well. <laughs> we uh, we <laughs> currently we currently have an open yeah, we currently have an open ten dollar ten million dollar ten dollar round. Jeez, that wouldn't get as far. Um a ten million dollar <laughs> round. Um, so yeah, with again, looking towards pre IPO probably in about 18 months. So yeah, oh very exciting. Oh my God. How exciting is that? I can't wait to see it. <laughs> yeah, it'll be good. Well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll make sure you get a, a piece of the register, right? So I was about to say, go. let me know before, <laughs> you know, I want to get in there before you go IPO. <laughs> no, awesome. Thank you so much, Ian. My pleasure. Thanks, Belinda. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Startups and Unicorns with Belinda Agnew. If you haven't already, please subscribe if you enjoyed this episode. Ployd is the only flat rate recruitment product helping companies scale talent without breaking the bank. For more tips and value, follow us on our socials via at Official and at ployd.co on Instagram. Connect with us on LinkedIn at NMS and Ployd or get in touch directly with Belinda by following her at Belinda Agnew Official.